Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Whiskey Wednesday Show with your hosts, Ken Tizzard and Music for Goats. Brought to you in full color and stereo sound amplification provided by Trainer. Broadcasting into the world from Storyhouse Studios in Camford, Ontario, you'll hear the best in old country, folk, Americana, punk rock, and 80s music delivered into your homes every week for free. And don't forget your regular dose of new and original songs from Music for Goats. Never be alone on a Wednesday night again, 8 p.m. Eastern and 9.30 for those even new friends. Join the Whiskey Wednesday regulars on Facebook to be a part of the conversation or watch on YouTube as well. Pour a drink, a cup of tea, or a nice cold long tooth. Roll up your best smoke and sit back and relax. Don't forget to hit the share button to help spread the word. The Whiskey Wednesday Show, every week. Cheers. And we're on, just like that. Good Lord, just like that, I say. I've been sitting here for like nine hours waiting. Hey, everybody, almost Christmas in prison. Uh, first message tonight, almost time for Christmas in Whoa. prison with Mr. Grant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were just yeah, talking about that. Yeah, they're sending me back next week, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we were just discussing that last week as we, were, as we started working on Jane's tune for the Aaron show and also putting together um, <clears throat> Christmas Ain't the Same, which I'd forgotten uh, we wrote. And recorded and, and put out. Um, <laughs> yeah. In fact, we put out a full Christmas record that I'd kind of forgotten about. And when I listened to it, I still can't believe we did that. Oh, my good. Yeah, now we have to learn it all over again. I know. Like, <laughs> let's listen to a whole whack of Jim Reeves and, uh, and like, steal all of his little harmony lines on the, on the fiddles and the violins and the, and the backups. And, oh, man, it doesn't sound anywhere near as good as Jim's Re- Jim Reeves, the stuff that we did. But, That's uh, quite true. So I don't think we should bother doing that again. Well, it's Christmas time. We've got to do something. I mean, we can only do the Red Baron so many times. Mm. It is, however, November 29th. That is not, in fact, Christmas time yet. Um, tonight's uh, guest on the show is uh, Rick Mercer, which we're really excited about. Hey, Ron. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Steve. Uh, Jeannie. Nice to see everybody. Um, yeah, we got Rick on. Uh, it's a nice uh, interview we did. Um, it's in two parts. Uh, we're going to play a couple tunes. We're also going to dedicate all the music tonight to... Uh, uh, Newfoundland's uh, great Ron Hines, and um, and um, we're going to play some Ron tunes, and we're going to talk with Rick, and uh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to hang out. Hey, Steve, your onions, how you doing, buddy? Nice to see you back online. Um, it's been yeah. uh, it's been a while since I've seen you in the flesh, there, buddy. I hope you're doing all right. Um, so we're going to do uh, some Ron Hines songs tonight. We're going to start with a song called uh, Judgment. Is it? Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing first. Okay, cool. I can do that. I got a whole world of judgment on me now. Well, I am cursed and cold, a craven coward. Of this I will avow. Well, I treasure my notoriety I'm the man no man wants to see Still it's better to be famous For the wrong I've done tonight Than to be nobody all my life I did it all for fortune and for fame now I'm the man I shot and I killed Jesse James Everybody knows me now for sure 
Every meal's a feast, every empress is a whore And it's better to be famous for the wrong I've done tonight Than to be a nobody all my life I see his face forever in my dreams I see me shoot him with a gun It was a gift from him to me and I it all for fortune and fame Now I'm the man I shot and I killed Jesse James Everybody knows me now for sure Every meal's a feast, every empress is a whore And it's better to be famous For the wrong I've done tonight Than to be a nobody to the new desk you know I'm loving it it's fantastic Ron Bisbeesonette found the screaming goat of course you did Ron you're the first person always to find it Eric says um, happy uh, peace to Canada from Switzerland no where's Eric he's Dominican a Dominican I just see red and blue um, I see red and white do you see red and white on the flag well I see the white in the middle I see the blue on the sides so I guess that's the Dominican flag <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I see a plus sign in oh, red, I and I automatically thought it was Switzerland. Okay. You know, uh, Steve follow thank you. Yes, it's the, these toques are... It's, oh, it's the Watchman toque. Yeah, 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 these are cool. These are cool. I like them a lot. Well, we've got the regular gang here. It's lovely to see everybody. Please chatter amongst yourselves and have some fun whilst we do what we do here on the Whiskey Wednesday show. <clears throat> Mr. Grant, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. How was the... Um, the drive across town, the weather's been saying, uh, like on the news, they've been saying it's just terrible out. And like The drive was fine. It's not so bad out here. I just, it's not so bad just out here? having to scrape the windows. Oh, man. I oh, yeah. Was there some ice? Yeah. I have to get back into that. Mm. Uh. <laughs> ice scraping. Yeah, that's a bad one. Yeah. 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 I've seen those, those little disc things that the people are using. Yeah. Now. I don't know if they're good or not. They look like 
looks a bit like a fad, like the hula hoop or the internet. You know? <laughs> or skateboards. Or skateboards, yeah. exactly, exactly. We'll get into that later, old man. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy there, How Sonny. have you been? How, what's going on with you? I'm just fine, thank you very much. I yeah. didn't have to scrape at all. It wasn't that cold when I came in, besides which the VW has remote starts. So. Of course it does. Yeah. Of course it does. A man of leisure like yourself. I know, exactly. That's right. I have nothing better to do but to spend my money. Uh, David, how are you? I'm fantastic, sir. Uh -huh. Thank you. You were telling me that your aunt may be watching tonight? She is. Eileen is watching. Aunt Eileen? Yeah. Well, Aunt Eileen, uh, we are happy to have you here. All the way from Montreal. All the way from Montreal. Oh, she's your cool aunt, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All the way she's from Montreal. <laughs> Do you have to be from Montreal to be the cool aunt? Do you have to be to Montreal, from Montreal to be the cool aunt? Is yeah, she they're all from Montreal. It, it helps. Oh, okay, so it's not because she's Montreal that no. she's cool. Yeah, because David's no. not cool at all. No. No. I see. No, I see. as lame as they get. I try to keep, get tips from her to be cool, but... Right. Yeah, they, uh, Montreal, Montreal are sick cool, man. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I went to Montreal, I was just blown away by how cool everybody looked. And they all dressed so fine, everybody looked so good. It's just like, girls and guys are just like, oh my god, everybody looks fucking excellent. What the hell's going on here? They all have that flair. The they do, quoi. yeah, they do. It's a, it's it's a something. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a anyways. thing. It's, oh man, um, you should have seen Expo '67. Yeah, <laughs> that was really cool. I didn't see that. <laughs> the gals were hot in 1967. They were. I, uh, <laughs> I bet they were. I bet they, they were. were. I think they've always been. <laughs> Montreal. Montreal has a certain something to it. Back then, this we could leer without looking perverted, right? No, no, you still look perverted, but everybody's accepted it. <laughs> We're going to do uh, the Ron Hines signature song tonight. Um, this is uh, the song that, uh, that warranted him the nickname, um, The Man of a Thousand Songs. For those of us who had the pleasure of knowing Ron, uh, you could understand how true song is he's got a crimson red tattoo and keeps it hidden just above his t-shirt sleeve it's a broken heart and the inscription reads no love songs if you please But he don't really mean that Is his only cheeky tongue He stands up and sings for them every night He's the man of a thousand songs He knows the streets like he knows his last name He knows the city from the wrong side out he knows the time is cruel and any man's a fool Who hides the truth behind his mouth He knows the Duke of Earl He knows my girl in the house of the rising sun In the opening line on his marquee sign He's the man of a thousand songs Nice boys he knows an old hotel where the desk clerk is selling your soul back Reasonably cheap Or this guy you can call when you crawl in a wall And the whole town's asleep He 
promise what he don't deliver He keeps it all in the easy keys He don't dream beyond his expectations But he's got the stance down to a T He's got a friend in the backstage alley Got just a thing to make the night move along He's taking all requests like you might have guessed He's a man of a thousand songs He knows an old hotel where the desk clerk will sell his soul back Reasonably cheap Oh, this guy you can call when you crawl in a wall And oh, town's asleep He don't promise what he don't he keeps it all in the easy keys He don't dream beyond his expectations But he's got the stance down to a T He's got a friend in the backstage alley Got just a thing to make the night move along He's taking all requests like you might have guessed He's the man of a thousand songs as I explained to Dave when we were, or Dave has just recently learned this song, as I was explaining to him, just wait till I do those three OOs at the end, and it's after the third one. And then tonight I just look over and I'm thinking, I'm not singing it. How does Dave know where to end? <laughs> he picked up, he picked up. Uh, Tony Corky. Corkery, Tony Corkery. Sorry, my glasses, brother. Uh, nice to see you, Tony. Um, that's some fine looking pups you got there. One looks like a little Stanley. A little Stanley there. So, um, that was the um, Amanda Brown. Nice to see you. Uh, thank you very much. We're all doing fine. Uh, now, Debbie just said hi, Ron and Clark. Uh, I don't know if I haven't seen Clark here, man, but if you're here, brother, uh, send him my love to you, um, as always. Um, it is that time where we're going to start the show, um, start to get out of the music and, and throw a little bit of Rick Mercer at you. We'll be, do, we'll be doing some back and forth in the night. The Rick is in two parts. Uh, hey, there he is, Clarky Hancock. How you doing, my friend? Got that profile picture of you that you're using these days from like when you're, you had to be, you were probably 18, I'm thinking. Uh, and you had just come from like Lemoyne's school of hairdressing, and uh, and Val Hansen was a student there, and she'd cut your hair and put some highlights in, and made you into the perfect preppy punk, uh, new wave, uh, just sort of god that you were at the time. Look at you, Clark. You were so beautiful, and you haven't really changed. Your hair's the same. You should go back to Lemoyne's. You should grow your hair out and go back to Lemoyne's. Let them uh, let them do the job on you. Anyways, speaking of Lemoines um, and St. John's and back home and all that <laughs> stuff, um, let's uh, let's dig into the first episode of the uh, or the first part of the Rick Mercer interview. Uh, here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Whiskey Wednesday Show. I am uh, super excited again uh, to have back for the second time, um, old friend and um, notable Canadian presence, <laughs> Mister Richard Mercer. Um, anybody ever call you Richard? I've never heard anybody call you Richard. I was just quickly scanning my background because I thought, have I? Oh, no, it's all good. <laughs> uh, no one ever called me Richard. Never. Um, there was a brief period where I was dick, and I put the kibosh on that. Right. I, 
I didn't want to be Dick because my uncle Dick was Richard and he became Dick. So yeah, thank God I dodged that bullet. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So you've, been, you've been Rick as long as well, I've been. Anyone ever call you Kenneth? My mom. My mom like, and, and actually, what's that? All the time or just special occasions? When she said Kenneth, I knew that there was something I needed to tune into, you know. Right. Gotcha. It was the, you know, you might be in trouble or you better bloody listen type of thing, right? Right. I gotcha. Yeah. But no, it's it was good to be here. Thank you for having me back. Somebody tried Kenny at one point, but that didn't work as well. That was like the Kenny. Kenny. That got that got kiboshed no, immediately. No. Yeah. We don't want that. No. Nothing against it's, the Kennys out there, but no. there's there's nothing against the Kennys, but you know, it's it's just like I knew some Kennys growing up and they were just scrappy little dickheads, you know, and right. like always looking to fight and scrap and you know, and yeah. That wasn't cool. you. No, wasn't me. Wasn't me. You were a man of peace. I was a, a boy of peace. peace. I was a, a boy of peace. I was a man of yeah. chatting, is what I was. I could talk my way. Yes. Um, Rick, you've been busy doing press, um, and you're on a book tour currently. Um, you have a new book out. I have here your old book, which we chatted about years ago, talking to Canadians, and um, and now you've got a a new book out, which picks up where this book lays off. Um, and this is just. I don't have a copy. What's that? I don't have a copy. I've got, um, oh, right behind me here. Look at that. Boom, there it is. It's on the there TV. There it is. Me, just like that magic. I got Gordon Pinson's book back there, but. Oh, is any good? I have I have a box, but they're downstairs. I'll just, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yes, the new book is out. I'm on a on a tour. The last yeah. book I didn't tour. There was no, no, no real press, no in-person press because of the pandemic. And there were no book signings and there were no performance events. This time I just did Victoria, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, I'm doing Ottawa. I've already done Halifax. I did St. John's. I did Winnipeg, um, Sarnia. I did, uh, yeah, I've done a, a lot of spots. It's been great. It's been and you've good. Been, and you've, you've been tying some of these in with your old friend, Jan Arden, who you talk about a lot in the book as well. Yeah, Jan has a full chapter in the book. And I bumped into Ch Jan in Palm Springs of all places. It was my only time I'd left the country since the pandemic, I haven't traveled at all. Uh, but when I was finishing this book, I needed to get out of the house. I needed to get, get I wanted to go somewhere warm for two weeks because I knew I was just going to be working, working. And then I looked at Jan's Instagram and it was very similar to the view I had. And I texted her and she said, oh, yes, I am in Palm Springs. And she was literally three doors down, which is bizarre. And wow. we went and had lunch and I told her when my book was coming out and she said, my book's coming out that week as well. We should do some events and flash forward. We were doing, we had 1100 people at the Chan center at university of British Columbia. We sold out Winnipeg. We sold out yeah, everywhere we went. We did, we just did four events, but uh, they were great fun. It was fun being on the road with her and she's good at being on the road, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And you know what it's like being on the road. You only want to be on the road with people who, who are in the lobby at 5 50 AM when they say they're going to be. And that's her. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear she's I, I don't know Jan at all, but I just I, everybody that I know that has any contact with her. She seems like one of the most superhuman beings on the planet. Yeah, she's lovely. She gets in trouble a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, like she was <laughs> traveling with her was a little interesting because she was tweeting about when Pierre Poliev uh, spoke into the microphone on a WestJet flight. Mm hmm. You know, and he was like, well, there's liberal turbulence ahead, but don't worry, we're going to fix it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Jan was off her head tweeting about it. And then she, she got all worked up and said, I'm never flying WestJet ever again. And I tweet, I 
texted her immediately and was like, take that down. You live in Western Canada. You're in show business. So I was like leaving. I can't remember where I had to leave and fly to Calgary. And I got up at 8.30 in the morning and flew WestJet direct. And Jen had to get up at like five in the morning and fly to Vancouver, <laughs> wait two hours and then fly back. So oh, that's got to work, work itself out. But she's she's a wonderful person. Yeah, she's great. Well, that's awesome. So you're out on the road. You got your new book, which did hit the number one on the uh, bestseller list uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Is it still, uh, I'm sure it's still up there. Uh, it's up there, but we were yeah. number one for two weeks. And then we were hit by Hurricane Getty, of course. Right. Because yeah. Getty Lee has a book out as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, usually every time I've ever done a book, you always have to worry about the hockey player. There's a big hockey player right that comes out every christmas and everyone buys it for their dads so that's what you gotta gotta deal with and uh my publisher said to me uh about two months ago good the good news is there's no hockey book this year i was like wicked she said there is a getty lee book i was like shit <laughs> in this country well i mean his book is now a bestseller all over the world but uh obviously in this country there's a lot of interest in reading getty's book you can't compete with the likes of us. I mean, come on. You know, you know that of all people. It's fine. That, There's yeah. actually a chapter in the book about Rush. Yes. Um, and I was never a crazy Rush fan, although I, I took drum lessons to sound like Neil Peart. And in grade seven and grade eight from Don Weary, who you probably know or remember. Yeah, yeah I remember Don Weary. the percussionist. And yeah. um, uh, I wanted to sound like Neil Peart from Rush. And uh, me and Timmy Green would listen to their records. And of course, I quickly realized I would never sound like Neil Peart from Rush and drop that. But Neil Peart came on the show. I mean, that's the show is called, I should talk about the book. I guess the book is called The Road Years and it's about my experiences. And some of them are insane. Like yeah. Neil Peart coming on the show and Neil hadn't done, he's no longer with us, of course, he's deceased. But Neil famously had a pretty tragic life and uh, last last number of years of his life, he, he suffered great loss. He lost his wife and child and and he retired from being a rock star. He was only a rock star when he was behind the drums. And other than that, he didn't do media. He didn't do meet and greets. He didn't do anything. He mm -hmm. just didn't. He just gave that up, which I don't blame him. Uh, but he agreed to come on the show and he was funny and he was self-deprecating and he gave me a drum lesson. I mean, how on the Rush drum kit, which he spun around LA and had gold plates on it and did a private drum solo for myself and Don and John, who I traveled with. I mean... Those experiences, you'll never forget those, but that's one of the ones in the book for sure. And that's what the book is about. It's about this this 15 year period where you you yeah. started after, um, you know, you, you started the Mercer Report up and 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 this was highly uh, directed by Gerald um, in the in the way it was going to go. Um, and it was going to be like I've heard you say in, in, in several instances, it's either going to live or die on the road. And yeah, it, the show would live it, or die on the road. Uh, there was going to be comedy, there was going to be sketches, there was going to be the rants, there was going to be all the things that I did previous. Uh, but yeah, Gerald said, that's not going to make the show famous or not. It's If it's going to become a famous show, it's going to happen on the road. And, uh, and it did. And I knew it would work. I was nervous because I had never... I didn't have a lot of experience just being dropped into like the, into a place where I'm talking to an oyster fisherman. But it turns right. out I like that. And I like taking an oyster fisherman putting him on television and making him look like a rock star, making him come across great. Yeah. Because quite often the people I had on the show had never been on TV before, probably never will be on TV again. Maybe never even saw a television camera for God's sakes. Um, 
but they trusted me. And I, I think I don't have a lot of skills, but I became very good at taking those people and making them look great and getting a story out of them, even though they weren't the drummer for Rush. Right. Um, yeah. And that was, uh, and so the, sh the show's about that. It's also about, the book's about that. It's also about, you know, the prime ministers I cross paths with and, uh, you know, just regular folks. And, you know, it's it's all the stories that I would tell if I was sitting around telling stories, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's the and that's I mean, like I said, it's it's from farming and fishing to fighter jets. Um, I mean, you do yeah. everything, you know. And then, uh, like when that time you got pulled around in that car and stuff, what was that thing called? It was called the train of debt. The we train of debt. We determined after a couple of years that we we started doing these segments that they dubbed host in peril because right. they determined that, or we determined the audience really liked it when I was either in danger or in great discomfort or terrified or unable to do a task that other people could do. And so we call them host in peril. And th that's why I ended up doing demolition derbies or window washing the, the Scotiabank Tower or any of these things that freak people out. But yeah, things got a little carried away when I was, I actually thought I was going to die doing something called the train of debt. And what went through my mind it's like, oh my God, I'm going to die or end up in a wheelchair or I'm going to be, I'm going to be severe. I'm going to be about to be in a serious car accident was that if I die, it would be a comedy death. It'd be one of those things right. that people would just joke about because they'd say, oh, Rick Mercer died. No, that's terrible. How did he die? Was it his heart? No, no. He was doing the train of death. It's like, oh, and that didn't work out, did it? I compared to, I remember watching a news anchor report that the the president of the Canadian Exotic Pet Owners Association of Canada was eaten by his pet lion that he kept as a pet in his living room and mm -hmm. watching the news anchor report that without <laughs> smiling or laughing. That's a comedy death. That's what I was in for with the train of death. Train of death, by the way, quickly, three cars chained together like 25 feet of chain in between each car. The car in the front has an engine uh, no brakes. The car in the middle has no brakes, no engine. The car at the back where I was has uh, no engine but brakes. And when you right. hit the brakes, you don't stop. You just go whoosh, whoosh, and whip around and slam into the car in front of you. But you're dying, so your instinct is to hit the brakes. And then you whoosh, slam, you know, whip around and slam again. And uh, yeah, it was terrifying. And and your, your, uh, your, facial, your facial expressions during that clip were... Um, yeah, there were, they were... I really thought I was going. And Don, my cameraman heard me swearing and he knew that I was in serious trouble because he knew there was no scenario where I would swear uh, while the cameras were rolling because we were an eight o'clock show. And so if you swore or anyone swore, it was not usable. So I just wouldn't swear. And then he heard me and he went, Oh, I think he might, uh, I think he might be dying. And then John, my director went, what? Cause they were shooting it. And then they managed to get a message to the, the guy who came out with the flag and stopped the entire thing. But I had to do it again. I had to do take two. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Take, take right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> we get another um, angle on that. You've yeah, done sure. you've done it. so much. And this book covers everything. Um one thing I wanted to mention that was really cool is you is you talk about your, you know, meeting up with Belinda Stronick and um doing the uh, spread the net campaign. Um and I remember doing a, a, a fundraiser it had been 15 years ago where we uh where we donated proceeds to that as well. Um, that was one of your, um, I mean, that that wasn't directly associated with the show, but you do talk about that. Um, and what what was the, like, as a, 
as a person who who has a uh, you know a fairly large clout as a media person, you have to be fair, fairly selective in you know what you get behind. Otherwise, your face will be on everything. What was the yeah. uh, what was the decision making process that brought you to that one? Well, uh, I interviewed Belinda on the show when she was a Conservative member of Parliament. She had just famously ran for the leadership of the Conservatives. She got beaten quite badly by Stephen Harper. Uh, while she was running, she was asked, "Will you know, win or lose, will you run for election? And she said, yes, I will. No one ever does that. But she did. And she ran in Newmarket, which was a, a, a safe uh, liberal riding. And she got elected as a conservative. I interviewed her and it wasn't a very good interview. She was great off camera, but on camera, it just wasn't great uh, because she was very on. It was became evident to me, this was only a theory, that she was very unhappy being in the Conservatives. And gay marriage was a big thing at the time. The debate, Stephen Harper decidedly was against gay marriage. And she was for gay marriage. That was a big issue in the leadership campaign. So uh, she just wasn't content. But off camera, we discussed the work of Dr. Jeffrey Sachs, who's this guy who's writing, doing a lot of things in, in Africa, aid work in Africa. He was the United Nations lead guy there. And... Uh, she said, I'm going to go to Africa one of these days and watch him in action. You should come with me. And I thought it was just the kind of thing a rich person says, like, we should get coffee. But their version is like, let's go to Africa. And so I I didn't pay any attention to it. Then she sent me his latest book. I read it. I found it interesting. And then she crossed the floor famously. She became a liberal. She became a cabinet minister. And um, her EA called me up her, yeah, called me up and said, Glinda's going to... Africa. She's going to follow Dr. Jeffrey Sachs around uh, so as a private citizen, not as a cabinet minister. Uh, would you like to go? And I always avoided politicians. Like the most, I might have a cup of coffee with one in an airport, but in those days, I, I just avoided them. I didn't want to become friends with any of them. Uh, just for, I just didn't think it would be prudent. But for some reason, I decided to take this trip and uh, it was quite an eye opener. We went to like six countries. But uh, we experienced, in some areas, we experienced poverty like I knew intellectually existed, but I didn't know, I didn't know what it was like to experience it. So we were in a place where there was nothing, like there was no, there was no economy at all. There were no schools. There, were, there was nothing. There was no, nowhere to buy food. The, the, the crops that were growing were clearly failing. People were clearly unwell. There was no medical assistance. Um, and I noticed there were no children around. And Dr. Sachs told us that in the previous year, most of the children had died. And I asked him, like, what's the difference between this place and where we were yesterday, which was only 500 kilometers away. And there was a school and there was corn growing and there was a small clinic and there were children everywhere. And he said, well, you know, that community we were in, they had the inputs that they need. They had, uh, well, for starters, they had bed nets so the children didn't get malaria and die. But they also had, you know, uh, fertilizer to grow the crops and they had, you know, funding for the clinic, et cetera, which is what he was all about. And when we walked back to the van, uh, Belinda said to me, well, I guess we're going to have to figure out a way to buy a lot of bed nets. And I said, what's a bed net cost? And she said, well, it doesn't matter. I said, no, I guess not. And we started this, uh, organization called Spread the Net. Mm -hmm. And we fundraised like mad people for a couple of years, bought a lot of nets. I never mentioned it on the show because it, well, it's just not a funny subject for starters. And ultimately we were a comedy show. 
And uh, I just never, it was like church and state. I never let those two things cross. And then we did a contest one week where we challenged high school students to raise money for Spread the Net. And we would come to their school and shoot a piece. And I thought we'd raise a couple of grand, maybe, if we were lucky. And uh, it just took off like crazy. High school students from all over the country signed up. And then we started getting essentially hate mail from elementary school students who were going, what about us? Why can't we join? So eventually the contest spread. It was junior high, elementary school, high school. And over the years, millions and millions of dollars was raised. And I didn't do any of it. I didn't raise one of those dollars. Uh, um, it was all students around the country. And uh, it was always the last or the second last episode of the of the show and where I would travel around all these schools. And it was always my favorite show. I loved it. It mm. was it was phenomenal. And Belinda and I became friends and I just avoided talking about her on the show. And um, we're friends to this day. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, you, you've had an amazing career. And now with these two books, you've, you've really kind of summed up, you know, your sort of childhood, how you got into what you do, uh, the development of 22 Minutes. And now with the new book, you've, you've talked about, you know, the Mercer Report and the, the I mean, I started to make notes, uh, you know, there's so much to talk to you about, Rick, but all I can say is for people like, like get the books, read them. It's a really interesting, it's funny still, it's entertaining and it's great. You know, like you said, you, you, you set out to try and figure out what it means to be Canadian and you realized how broad of a question that is. And I think that just, you know, in talking to people, uh, you know, and like you say, talking to farmers through to, you know, politicians you've covered so much ground and it's it's amazing what you've done it's amazing what you've done thanks it was i didn't know whether i would like writing a memoir the first one i didn't like and i it was i was forced into it basically out of circumstance because it was a mm -hmm. pandemic and you know what it was like everyone in show business was told oh you have to go home and work and you're like well i don't yeah. know how you do that in show business you're unemployed from home that's what that means you started whiskey wednesday i i, I wrote a book and i never would have done it had i been able to stay on the road or do you know work in television or whatever um so i did it out of necessity and i found it hard uh to write but this book i didn't find hard because it's just fun stories and i and i my rule was i was only going to do a story if it was funny and i think people can use funny now more than ever and uh yeah. i really enjoyed it and i like the book writing business but thank god i've run out of runway there's no more memoirs because this one goes basically up to now um so I just have to figure out what to write about next. I don't know. I don't know. It could be anything. It could be a, a book about a band. It could be anything. Well, you, I don't know. you still got a lot of, lot of road ahead of you still. So maybe sure, there's, but there's not going to be a memoir. It's not going to be a memoir. Exactly. No, yeah. no, no. Okay. Was uh, Who am I, Alan Doyle? What's that? I said, well, we're going to write three. Yeah. Who am I, Alan Doyle? <laughs> <laughs> Who am I, Alan Doyle? That's funny. Love you, Alan. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Rick is always a joy to, to talk to, and he's a very, very funny guy, and his book is fantastic. It's out now. You'll see it everywhere you go as you're out doing your Christmas shopping. I advise picking up a copy for uh, yourself and everybody. I was at a show on Saturday night, and there was a gentleman there named Adam Schultz, who is Canadian Geographic's official explorer. And anyway, he has just put a new book out, and he said... 
I'm really, really thrilled that I'm number three on the bestseller list, he said, behind Rick Mercer and Getty Lee. But he said, what I'm really, really chuffed about is that number four is Britney Spears. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, well, that's good company all around. Um, Stanley has decided that his face is going to go where my my foot goes. And now we're just having a little moving session here. He's okay now. He's okay now. Steve Runyon's a great watch. Yeah, it's um, it's always it's always nice to uh, catch up with Richard Mercer. It's so weird that I said that. Every interview I do, well, not every interview, but most of the interviews I do, I end off talking about people's names and making weird commentary about them. Either way, we got a few more tunes to do for you, and then we'll get back to part two. Part two of of the Rick Mercer interview it gets to gets uh, gets really quite interesting uh, to a point where he says, "Oh no, not more of this horrible game." <laughs> So I felt quite successful when he said that. Um, This is another Ron Hines tune. They will all be Ron Hines tunes this evening. This is a song called My Father's Ghost. And it goes uh, just like this. Dawn was fairly breaking as she headed down the path 
Where the waters crashed across the rocks with all its rage and wrath. But her heart had gone to ashes, and the ice chewed through her bones. And her footsteps fell like granite as she came back. Inside the doorway, as she turned towards the cove, she took down the blessed crucifix and she burned it in the stove. But we all stood in the kitchen like travelers in the rain, waiting on some distant platform to ride some lonely train. Sixty years ago when my mother's in the ground My brother and sister moved away and left me the house and the land And I sell my socks and sweaters to the tourists from away There's an empty old age pension and it keeps the wolf at bay And I count the Drifts in on the mist. He sits quietly in his rocking chair so he won't disturb my rest. And when I wake from morning light, he's gone to see once more. Go downstairs and light the stove. Mops all water from the floor. I mops all water from the floor. Thanks for tuning in to the Whiskey Wednesday Show. Every Wednesday we will be here, rain or shine, richer or poorer. Tip jar is in the link above. Never expected, but always appreciated. Never confuse the size of your paycheck with the size of your talent. I've got all the money I'll ever need if I die by midnight. Always appreciated, never expected. Please feel free to drop us a line regarding anything, including a link to your money. Cheers. I was just saying um, that you've uh, you've come a long way with that one, Dave. I remember when, we were, when you were first sort of learning all these new grooves, we kept throwing this one in, and it's a yeah. particularly difficult one as it is. Um, but uh, yeah, that one has come a long way. There, good sir. Thank you. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorites to play. I, I love the lyrics of that song. Yeah, it's a nice. Uh, it's got a nice sort of groove and a yeah. flow to it, and it's got it's long enough that you can get into yeah. it. It's got some ups and downs, but nothing huge. Yeah, and the and the the storytelling. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, 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 if you if you that's what, that's if you can get into the words, uh, then then you're then you're totally sold. Oh, you're yeah. totally sold. Yeah, it was over once I figured that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my father's ghost by Ron Hines. Um, we're going to um, uh, do another song, um, another Ron Hines song, just before we get into the uh, next part of the Rick Rick video. Time is getting away from me as usual. Oh, so skateboarding. I know last week some of you saw this thing. 
going to show you for a minute. Isn't it beautiful? It's just gorgeous. It's a land yacht. Um, it's a really nice skateboard. It's, um, it's huge. And it's got the creature from the Black Lagoon in a nudie suit with a cowboy hat. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, yes, the, um, the online will can, should can skate again debate is still happening. And um, so I've got the new deck. I got it last week. I went out last Friday. I thought I'm going to give this a try. Ended up pulling my leg. You know, not pulling my leg. I just sort of hurt my calf. I, have, I haven't moved in two years, for God's sakes. But I had been before that, um, you know, I'm trying to get some movement in my life. There are days that I get up and I go from the bed to where Allison is and do what we need to with Allison. She gets into her wheelchair. I'll go to the kitchen table. And then I'm there for an hour on the computer. And then I get up and me and Allison have some lunch. And then shortly after that, I'll do a little bit of work. And then she gets back into bed. And I go and have a little rest, and it's dinner time. And by the end of the day, I haven't moved a hell of a lot. You know, I'm in the house all the time. It's really hard. And I don't know if anybody out there is like that. If you're out there and you want to get back into skateboarding, I recommend it. I really do. But I will tell you one trick that I've been working with. And this is a word to the wise. These guys did send this to me, so um, I didn't buy it. But they sent it to me when they, heard on, when they read online about what I was doing. This thing is called the Whirly Board. It's like a skateboard, but it's got these pads. So what I've been doing with it, and it's, it's got grip tape and everything on it, just like a skateboard. You can see where my feet have been. I've been using this thing to just kind of get limber. And uh, you know what I found really fun the last few nights is I get a hard chair like this, and I sit down when I'm watching TV at night, and I put that on the floor in front of me, and I just kind of roll my feet around, and I do that for like an hour. And oh my God, does it ever feel good? And sometimes I close my eyes and I pretend like I'm skateboarding and I kind of lean into it a little bit. It's a real neat thing. So the whirly board, you know, if you want to sort of use your own virtual reality in your mind and go skateboarding, that's great. Or if you want to just kind of get in shape and do the whole exercise routine with it. I haven't gotten into that. You do push-ups with it and the whole thing. I haven't gotten into that. But I tell you, for, uh, for what I'm doing, it's great. But skateboarding, will, can, should, can, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Right now, it's just a uh, another ridiculous thing Maybe that Ken should does. Add can Ken to that? No, it will or should. <laughs> <laughs> With the 20th century still in bloom, and fair conception, babe. Oh, the world turned round and men were bound all for the USA, all for the USA. To the streets of a New York town They poured like morning tides To raise the concrete and the steel Up to the New York sky Up to the New York sky Can you read and write? Can you drink and fight? Can you take the nights alone? You can make a life for a child and a wife While far away from home While far away from Chelsea girl, she'll free you from the cold. She'll lend a tender loving ear to every story told. To every story told. 
you got the hands, have you got the heart, have you got the cold steel nerve, you can rent and roar on a New York floor, you'll get what you deserve, you'll get what you deserve. Well, there's them who'll fold and them who'll freeze and crawl home in dismay and curse the hand of God above, they'll break right down and pray, they'll break right down and Still in bloom and fair conception, babe. Oh, the world turned round and men were bound. All for the USA. All for the USA. A little Ron Hines portrait of early 20th century Newfoundlanders living in New York. Hey, Scott Noftel, how you doing? Thank you very much. We are having fun tonight. Just as somebody else here who just dropped in, uh, not that I'm ignoring everybody else, Joe and Debbie, I do see you all. Um, Lisa Anthony, yes, see, and Lawrence Bell. Nice to see you, Lawrence. That's Larry, right? Yep. Lawrence Bell, Larry the Cucumber. <laughs> You're going to stop tuning in because I, I say that every time you tune in. I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. No, that's why he tunes in. That's why he tunes in. Okay, there you go, there you go. Smoke a big joint and, 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 and look up Larry the Cucumber online. All it's, the way um, from Texas. Actually, I know. Don't, maybe don't do that. I'm not sure what <laughs> that will bring. <laughs> hey, Llewellyn Thomas, man. It is so nice to see your face. Oh, man. I have been thinking about you a lot these days, Llewellyn. Thinking back to the days of NRK when we used to jam at the French Society. Oh, man, that was so much fun. What a, what a friggin' time. What a friggin' time. Llewellyn and Ethel, it's great to see you both. Man, was that ever good. Brian Tench, lovely to see you, my friend. Lovely to see you. Oh, we've got a whole gang here tonight. We're going to get into part two of, uh, of Rick, uh, Rick Mercer's um, video. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to mention one thing. Um, as you know, the Whiskey Wednesday magazine comes out every week. Uh, and by every week, I mean every month. Um, and Allison writes, uh, Allison writes sort of anywhere from 20 to 25 pages on each episode that we do. Um, and, um, and that goes out in the magazine once a month. It's a great, great way to catch up on the, on it's, it's actually, it's really neat and more than a magazine. Like, you know, first it was called the whiskey Wednesday wrap up and then it was the whiskey Wednesday magazine. We have now changed it to the whiskey Wednesday fanzine, which seems to actually there's a quote that goes with it, and Allison will explain it in the fanzine. You'll have to have to get it to watch it. It's free, as always. You just need to go to the website and sign up. Um, and by the way, if you sign up at the website, I don't hit you every like you'll get a you'll get a message every month maybe, um, but uh, you're not going to be getting hit with you know buy my records shit all the time. Um, but it is a great way to get the magazine, or you can just go to the website and get it. It'll be out next week. Um, I think by the weekend is the plan, but it looks so damn good, and the whole sort of fanzine thing is just great. So Allison will explain that all to you. We're really excited for that. Without any further adieu, and without much adieu, <laughs> here is the second part of the Rick Mercer interview, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, before we go, Rick, Yes. I'm going to do a little thing here. I was just sort of digging through some records this morning. I thought, oh, I wonder what Rick would choose. And then I thought, I'm going to play a little game here. Uh, you like a little is, game? Well, I have to put my old man glasses on. You I can do. tell. You got to get rid of one of these albums. We're going to do a few of them. 
Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Monk's Bad, bad Habits. Bad Habits. Generation what a great X, which, album. And, you know, Generation X, if you get rid of this one, you're also getting rid of all of Billy Idol, too. So which oh, one's, so which I'm erasing him from the... Yeah. Well, Generation X. Um, wow. I know. I just, I love Bad Habits. It's a great album. There's, like, so many hits on it. And it was, yeah. as far as I know, it was only a hit album in yeah. Canada. I know. Like, they don't know this music elsewhere. No. And where are they from? They're from England. They're called the Straubs. It was actually the Straubs. They were a pop band. Right. And they wanted to put out a record. Um, yeah. They were actually called the... They weren't Nice Legs, Shame About Her Face. Yeah. Oh, it's got a song that would never be recorded today. Thank no. God. But everybody in England turned their backs on them because they were a pop act. So they actually put it out through a French, French label. And yeah. when they were talking to the French person, they said the name of the band. I think it was the Mumps. But the French right. translator called it the Monks. And when they got the artwork, it was said the Monks. It wasn't even the name of the band that they had chosen. <laughs> Did they tour here? Did they come over? Yes. Uh, actually, I don't know if they toured here, but they were majorly successful in Canada. Yeah, it was a, that album was a huge hit. And there was a follow-up album that did nothing, right? Did nothing, no. Yeah, and then that, really the, the month stopped. Okay. Next going up here. This is a really tough one. Yeah. Like, why am I playing Who Must Die and Who Must Live? Absolutely. Bob Dylan or Jimi Hendrix. Absolutely. Well, I guess I'd have to say what Bob had a, you know produced a bit more music. True enough. So we're going on volume with this one. It's, it's Bob has more. We'd have to say, I'll have to keep Bob. I think this one will be easy for you. Rush or REM? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> I'm Captain Canada, for God's sakes. <laughs> this I one, just can't do that. He said this he'd get rid of Rush. We've got Crowded, Crowded House or Radiohead. You know what? Uh, both great albums, but I'm agnostic on both of them. Oh, good yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that. Were you were you like big radio head guy? No, just the bands. The bands I love. Yeah. Um, the rest of the records, I they didn't they didn't hit I didn't me. own either one of those as CDs. No? No. Oh, the bands is a great record. And REM, I mean REM are great. REM are fantastic. Okay, this one is terribly hard. You've got Prince and you've got the Beastie Boys. Oh no, I, I would I would take uh Purple Rain. I would take Prince. Oh, good choice. I appreciate the Beastie Boys, but again, it was not something that I ever listened to extensively. And Purple Rain was part of our youth and part of our growing up. Sure, sure. Know, and know. I didn't know you could make a movie like that. Yeah. At the really. time. Yeah. It was kind of mind-blowing, yeah. And it well, no crazy. one really has done it since. It's like that. No. Bad Brains or The Clash? Oh, I'd keep The Clash, of course. Yeah, I knew you would do that one. Yeah. I knew you would do that one. Yeah. How is it you played drums in grade seven and eight and you never ended up playing drums with any of us once we got to I wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah, nobody was good enough back then. I know. Like, had I had my time back, I probably could have. The only, I played drums twice on the show and once was with the Trues, uh, not ready to go, and which was great fun. But that's basically as simple a song. It's a great rock and roll song, but it's as simple a song as anyone yeah. could uh uh, you know, play the drums on. And that was really exciting for me. That was a real rock star experience because it was in front of a crowd and everything. That was fun. That's very cool. And that's the only yeah. drum you've ever done. Uh, that's the only drumming in public I've ever done. Then, of course, I, I got the drum lesson from Neil Peart, which was a little nerve wracking. But of course it was. Everything you do, I always, it was always best if you could do something a little bit. You know, I, I'm an okay skater, not much right. of a skater, but I'm happy to, 
play hockey against NHL players or go figure skate with a, a Canadian champion because I can skate a little bit. If you can't yeah. skate at all, it's really not that interesting of a segment. And uh, so luckily with Neil Peart, I could play a little bit. If yeah. I could, if I never sat behind a drum kit, something like that wouldn't have really worked. Um, so no matter what I was doing, I always tried my best. It would be always good if you had a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. Like there's no point going, okay, I'll try to ride the unicycle. If you don't actually know how to do it a little bit, otherwise you're just flopping off the unicycle for five and a half minutes. But yeah. I digress. Which is Let's, let this horrible yeah. game continue. Let the Let's horrible game continue. I know we got the stray cats and we got the replacements. I keep the replacements. Okay, I'm with you on that one. As much but as these I are good, things. but they're all these are these are like Sophie's choice. I know this this is all horrible, and this is this. No, last, no, it's good. This, it's, it's, this it, last and one now it's making gonna... me go. I should I should listen to that. <laughs> I listened to that in a long time. The last one is very tough, and this one. I don't even think I could choose on this one, but check out. You've got Figgy Duff or the Wonderful oh. Grand Well, you know, the Wonderful Grand Band was the most influential comedy uh, act uh, in my life. Yeah. And also Ron uh, Hines, who is the lead singer of the band portion, is Newfoundland's greatest songwriter. And um, I think you've heard of him. And oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, this is this is killer. But I would obviously have to pick the wonderful grand band. Yeah, yeah. Figgy, Figgy. And also, Ron was a buddy of mine, and yeah. um, and I didn't know the Figgy Duff crowd. Okay, well that makes sense. I didn't know yeah. the Figgy Duff crowd well. I mean, I knew them. I knew through, them a little bit through a little bit, you know. Um, yeah. But Figgy Figgy Duff, I think, had a, a probably a stronger mark on the traditional Newfoundland sure. Um, style of things than ron did but ron had a further reach i think with his oh uh, for sure his brilliant song and figgy duff without figgy duff there wouldn't have been a grand band exactly that's you know it's sort of it's the just thing, all it? progressive and uh and there was crossover of course kelly played with both kelly yep. ross didn't he yeah i'm pretty sure but kelly yeah. was in the grand band yep. not on that album i don't think or at least not in the tv show then but um kelly played with both yeah there was a lot of crossover and um and and I mean they were all good friends and and all that they were all doing things at the same time so that one was a little bit unfair as they all were sorry about springing a shit No story. no that's good um <laughs> and you have the, the 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 vinyl I don't have vinyl and um you know the world is so weird now I go like oh I don't have that record but of course I can listen to it in a second on my phone but yep. I feel like if the stray cats was on vinyl over there I'd Listen to it occasionally, whereas I never listen to it, and it's in my phone. Yeah, I don't That's like. What it. I, find I don't like it. Too. It forces me, which is really yeah. Nice. Yeah, but um, I'm not a vinyl guy. I could never. I, I'd be. I'd be a pretender. Is there? Is there a word for someone who has a vinyl collection, but it's a completely pretend? <laughs> what What would you call that person? Like, oh, I have this huge vinyl collection that I never ever play. What would that person be? Like vinyl for looks. It would have to be somebody with just a lot of money. You know, because records are too too expensive right now to have. You know, you're paying you're paying fifty to seventy dollars for a record now. What? Yeah. See, I didn't know that. But of course, these these are the these are the days we live in, where you go three fifty for a Kit Kat. Are you yeah. crazy? Um, I didn't know records cost that much. Like the new Ron Hines tribute. Thirty five is the lowest you'll get. How much is the new Ron tribute album, which is beautiful, and I do have that on vinyl, although I have nothing to play it on. Like that would be like 50 bucks or something? I'm sure it's 40, 45. I mean, wow. friends do things a little bit differently because Fred's deals with a lot of local artists. So they'll have $25, right. $30 pricing. 
But the wow. average, average price for a new piece of vinyl is 35 And if it's something special, it'll be up to $70, $78. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Well, so that, that's an addiction I don't have. Hmm? That, that's an addiction I don't have. That's good. Well, that's, that's one. <laughs> yeah. Now I, and I, you know, I finally got around to cleaning up my basement and there's like literally 350 CDs. Yeah. That's and tough. yeah, it's, they're all junk. Yeah. But I, I can't bring myself to throw them out because every time I go, oh, 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 that's good. But I actually don't even have anything to play it on anymore. And yeah. half of them are probably corrupted by now. No, they'll stay forever. CDs won't won't change. Yes, they will. Nah. I remember when the CD was on the cover of Time magazine and they were heralding the CD. And this is how, talk about hype. I remember in the article, they said, if your house burns down and if all that's left is ash, people will be able to go in and take the CDs out, rinse them under warm water and you'll get pristine sound. They were in, that's how they were sold. Amazing sound and indestructible. And of course, neither was true. No, neither was true. No, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of over the CD thing. You know, I was there was a few years where I was like, oh, CDs are disappearing, blah blah blah. And then once I started getting back to vinyl, and as you say, you know, I pay the fourteen dollars a month. I have every album ever put out in the world right here on my phone that I can listen to at any point in time. So, but I hate like I just listened to the Trans Canada Highwayman. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that album? I haven't heard the album yet. It's Is great. It good? It's of great, it's but yeah. it bugged the hell out of me that I was giving them four cents and not I five know. bucks. Yeah. Not that I'm running around wanting to pair with five bucks, but it just, and I kind of thought like, you know, you got four great lead singers, Chris Murphy from Sloan, yeah. you know, uh, Steve Page. Um, and, you know, people like me buying the record. Well, I'm not buying the record. I'm just listening to the record. And what am I giving them? How much am I giving them, Ken? Zero. Like, Five I cents? mean, if you're listening to it, it's nothing, nothing. You got to listen to it 500 times before it turns into pennies. You mean I'm not giving them anything? Well, I listen to it like four or five times. But... Four or five times, probably a nickel. Wow. Good. Yeah. No wonder you guys never get off the road. Oh, it's ridiculous. What kind of life? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. It's a great album, Trans Canada Highway Man. I, I highly recommend it. If you like 70s Canadian music, because it's all covered, so it's great. Well, it's great. And you've got, you know, you've got the Pursuit of Happiness, The Odds, Bare Naked Ladies, and uh Sloan. Sloan. I mean, four amazing Canadian bands on their own doing Canadian super yeah. music. Yeah, it's, oh it's, yeah. It's all great producers and instrumentalists. Tonight so isn't what is it? Tonight is a wonderful night to fall in love. And undone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sugar. And uh yeah, it's it's just fun. It's a fun record, yeah. And uh, the first time I listened to it, I I intentionally, and I've never actually done this, I don't think, I knew it was all covers and I didn't look. I just was like, yeah. so then it was, everyone was a surprise. Surprise. Oh, that one, good. I'm going to go give that a listen right now, actually. I'm I, a sucker for that sort of, era. Some people. I've dabbled into it a little bit. Like, but which way you going, Billy? Not everyone wants to hear another version of that, but really? I'm happy to. That's, that's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. Um. Rick, again, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I know you're real busy. Um, it's great to see you face to face. What are you using in your hair these days? Is that a gel or is it a mousse or is this all natural? There's one right here. What is it? It's like a pomade. It's a pomade you use, eh? It's the same thing I've used for 25 years. 
And what brand is it? Come on, give and a shot. I'm not telling you what brand it is. For 25 years, you've been a bloody case. And it, I tell you, that was that was the one thing I missed after 15 years on television. I had to go buy my own pomade. <laughs> it was always one around. <laughs> well, Rick, thank you uh, very much. It's like much, getting out of man. prison. That's my hardship. That's your hardship. Has to buy his own pomade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything else is good in your world? Everything is good. Okay. And you've ditched. What are you putting in your hair? <laughs> I got no hair to put anything in these days. You must put something in the beard. Oh, every now and again, I'll put a little bit of beard oil in it. But you know, that's that... the thing, eh? Beard oil. Yeah. Good I don't know what it does, but I got I some. It makes I wasn't it smell aware like of that, wood. really. It makes it smell like wood and leather. I guess it's supposed to make me smell sexy. But uh, wood and I, leather. I don't know who's calling me. Good Lord. Go away. Sorry about that. That's all right, Bob. Yeah, um, uh, we digressed into we digressed exactly. And you've got a busy day and I've got to get back to Allison. Uh, thanks so yeah. much for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, Good seeing you. Yeah. Best of luck on the on the book and the rest of the tour. How you much were just here, right? You just played the Danforth musical. Or last, is that coming up? Last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Last weekend. I, and I was on the road. Yeah. Um, right. You offered graciously offered me tickets. And I was in, I was in Winnipeg, wasn't I? I think you were in Winnipeg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what we've been doing for for twenty five years, Rick. Just crossing paths on the road. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Days we'll see each other face to face again. I'm sure. Yeah. All righty. Thanks, Ken. Okay, buddy. You take care. We'll talk to you Cheers. soon. Good day. Oh my. Yes, that made me laugh. That was quite funny. Oh my, that was that was quite funny. Um. I've been blessed by the people in my life. I, um, you know, I, and these people aren't coming on the show because of our massive viewership. <laughs> you know, you, no, I mean you can you can catch uh, you can catch Rick Mercer on all of the national morning shows right now for you know hundreds of thousands of viewers at a time. But um, it's it's always so nice that uh, everybody um, uh, likes to come on the show here and hang out and, and have a bit of fun. So. Thanks again to Rick for uh, for being so cool and hanging out and letting me play that horrible game with him. <laughs> it was pretty mean, yeah. Oh my. So um, let's do let's do 1962. Yeah, I want to do 1962. This is the um, this is the first song I played with Ron. Um, before we get to it, though, uh, while I'm tuning and checking here. Um, the uh, Aaron Christmas show is coming next week, is it? Is it December yet? No, it's almost December. Here we go. We've got Ben Finley uh, and Anise as well, his, uh, his partner, uh, who's not on the poster. Sorry, Ben, I, I missed that. Uh, James Higgins, Lindsey Barr, Foxy and the Fam, the Island Brothers, S.J. Riley, Dave Pappel, Sugarlips, North Lumber Lads actually will not be appearing, I just heard today. Uh, they are raising money for something in some part of the world. Um, Sean Nelson is going to be there. Uh, the Goats, that's us, will be there. Stump Grinder and the Roots will be there. Janet Jeffrey Band, Justin Cooper, uh, the McGregor, the McGregor Trio, Cindy McCready, the Hippie Chicks, Chicks, Lawrence Cotton, Joanna Fisher. That's David Fisher's sister, um, by the way. Joanna, she's coming into town, so she'll be there. So, oh man, wouldn't it be great if Fisher was there? I don't know if he's going to be there or not. He better be. His sister is playing. Anybody out there knows Dave Fisher? Text him right now. Make sure he knows that his sister is playing in Toronto in Campbellford next week. And uh, uh, who else we got there? Uh, Jane Archer um, and Wildwind, uh, Stephanie and uh, Graham uh, from uh, Wildwind over in Hastings. Another great uh, local act. Um, so they're going to be a lot of fun. Everybody's doing a Christmas tune. Um, so it's going to be a great, and Carrie and Friends 
uh, who I'm still trying to figure out who's in that band. Um, it's nice to put these things together, and I appreciate the bands, um, you know, sort of respecting the, the flow of the evening. With that many bands, it is always tough to keep it running on time, but we have it down to a really good system. We've got great people who work on the, uh, on the shows with us, and um, great bands that come and, and I, I hate to sort of say it, but, you know, come and, and do what they're told, because uh, there's so many moving parts when you've got 20-odd bands playing. Um, and it's great when everybody just kind of is at the side of the stage, all tuned up with their instruments, you know, while the band before them is playing. The band bef finishes, unplugs, you know, there's a couple of us standing up there, we unplug for them, the next band comes on, you plug in, and you play. It's that quick of a changeover, it's great. And we have everything all set up, so it's a really nice time. It's at the Aaron Theatre next Thursday night. Great way to kick off the season. Uh, we're just learning that Jane Archer tune, and it's real sweet. This goes out to Ron Hines tonight, and to Rick Mercer, and to Mike Wade, and Mercedes, and Phil, and Janice, and Robbie, Andrew. Clarky, if you're listening, this one's for you tonight too, brother. And I, uh, I hope you're still there. Joey Smallwood. Joey Smallwood. <laughs> when I grew up, I uh, had a place out in the Roaches line, and before I discovered skateboarding, I had a little... I wanted a mini bike, but my parents wouldn't let me, so I had this little Yamaha scooter, which was like a three three gear sort of automatic motorcycle thing you know with a big sort of leg guard looks like a Vespa, Vespa but old school and I used to dirt bike up around all the trails out there and I used to cut through Joey's yard Joey lived down the road from us and I drove to drive through his yard and sometimes he'd be out and he'd shake a fist at me from across the field and dad used to always say don't let that fucker catch you <laughs> And I dreamed it was 1962 I dropped a quarter in the jukebox And I played a song for you I kissed you by the pinball king We're listening to Del Shannon sing I had all his records He was my favorite then And that's all gone won't come back again That's all gone Won't come back again I woke in I put on my Father's shoes I stood out on the front porch Like he used to do Stepped across the morning Sands The skyline Only showed a sign of rain Mine will be the only footprints that remain That's all gone, won't come back again That's all gone, won't come back again It was something I meant to say Too many words got in the way And I dreamed that it was 1962 
And I lit a fire on a beach and I lay in the sand with you We sing songs until the rains would come Straight across the fields we would run You wrapped your sweater around my first guitar I walked you home That's all gone That's all gone, won't come back again It was something I meant to say Too many words got in the way And I dreamed that it was 1962 I dropped a quarter in jukebox and I played a song for you I kissed you by the pinball king we were listening to Dale Shannon sing I had all his records he was my favorite then well him and Robin Wilson that's all gone it won't come back again that's all gone won't come back again Oh, great fun, great fun, great fun. Everybody, thank you so much. We're going to call it there. Well, it's 9.13. We should finish off with Sonny, eh? Yeah, we should. We should finish off with Sonny because... That second edible is just kicking in. <laughs> I'd like to get a little bit more. Yeah, see, here I am putting on my cape over Mr. Grant. Look at me. <laughs> this is like lighting a cigarette when you've already got one in your hands. Uh, double capoing it here. Um, okay, we'll do a little. Um, uh, and, hey, uh, hey, Mick, nice to see you, brother. Uh, Mike Arthur, uh, uh, nice to see you. Uh, Clark, Clarky, it's funny, eh? Clarky, uh, thanks, Kenny. Yes, I know. Uh, it's, it is funny though, Clark, because uh, like when, I, when I hear your name being said by somebody, it's always Mike Bueller in my head. And it's always like that, that Mike Bueller, you know, Clarky. Um, and um, it's just like, it's, it's the funniest thing because... Well, that makes Mike sound really, really intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got one of those voices. He's got one of those voices. Um, and um, I just think that, that that's, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Um, Clark, I don't know if you've been watching the last few weeks. I know you've been busy, um, as, as we all are these days, but I've been, I've been talking a lot about you because I've been thinking a lot about you, man. Um, I miss you so much, and uh, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. Um, I've just been, I, I'm just, been sort of, I've just been seeing you a lot in my head, and I uh, hope you're all good. there in the world. Sonny lives on a farm in a wide open space. You can kick off your shoes, you can give up the race. You can lay down your head by a sweet river bed and Sonny always remembers what it was his mama said. Sonny, don't go away, I'm here all alone And your daddy's a sailor, and he 
Birkenton And these nights get so long And the silence goes on And I'm feeling so tired I'm not all that strong It's a hundred miles to town Sonny's never been there And he goes to the highway And he stares and he stares And he watches the seas From a room by the stairs And the waves keep on rolling They've done that for years Sonny, don't go away I am here all alone Your daddy's a sailor It's so long, the silence goes on, and I'm feeling so tired, I'm not all that strong. It's a hundred miles to town, Sonny's never been there. And he goes to the highway and he stares and he stares And he watches the seas from a room by the stairs And the waves keep on rolling, they've done that for years What about his dreams? Sonny's dreams Sonny's dreams can't be real, they're just stories he's read Stars in his eyes, they're just dreams in his head And he's hungry inside for the wide world outside And I know I'll never hold him, though I've tried and I've tried Sonny, don't go away, I am here all alone And your daddy's a sailor It's so long when the silence goes on I'm feeling so tired I'm not all that strong Sonny, don't go away I am here all alone Your daddy's a sailor Who never comes home And these nights get so long And the silence goes on And I'm feeling so tired I'm not all that strong Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's been another fantastic show. Just a great, great chance for me to clear my head. And I hope it's uh, done the same for some of y'all. Barry, how you feeling tonight? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah, things are good. Things are good. How long has it been without a cigarette now? Oh, it's a little over two weeks. Oh, man. I know. So good. So good, man. Big round of applause for Barry, everybody, for, uh, for, yeah. for kicking the habit. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Um, everybody else is good? Anybody going to announce? Anything, uh, anything need to be said? Oh, hi to my brother Al down in Costa Rica, man. Oh. I hope it's nice and warm down there. Yeah, lucky Al. Good for you, brother. Good for you. We'll um, see you later in the season. Is Toby gone down yet? <laughs> I don't know. No, Toby, shout out no, and hello to you, whether you're there or not, either way. Yeah. 
Um, well, folks, thank you very much. Uh, tonight for the uh, video rewind, we've got um, back when we were doing interviews originally, I used to take a request from the uh, uh, from the people we were interviewing or learn a song. And Rick had mentioned that he was a fan of Coast to Coast Fever, so we learned it for him. So we're going to end the night with a, a little Coast to Coast Fever. And uh, remember, before we get to that, when you're out there, it's getting to be Christmas season. People are getting really busy. They're really looking for parking spaces. They're really frustrated. Everything's overpriced. Everybody's underpaid. It's still a crush out there. That's why I don't talk about it in here. But if you have to be out there in the time when you're not here, remember to just try and be nice to people and be kind and be like Steve. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. We learned a song for you. Um, when you first watched the, the Whiskey Wednesday show, you said to me, uh, do you know David Whiffen uh, from Ottawa? And I, oh. um, I, yes. I did some research, but last week when we were talking, you mentioned uh, a song called Coast to Coast Fever. Yeah. So uh, David Whiffen, I was spending time in the Gatineau outside of Ottawa right. with friends of my partner's. Uh, and uh, they're all Ottawa Valley guys, and they were big into Ron Hines, and I was playing Ron Hines, and they liked Ron Hines too. And uh, then they suggested that David Whippen was their Ron Hines. And I can remember thinking, oh, well, we'll see about that. And we put the record on, it was vinyl, it was David Whippen, Coast to Coast Fever. And in many ways, I believe he is, because as you know, everyone from Newfoundland and Labrador and your fans certainly know how much we admire Ron. We believe that he should be there with, with the Jonies and the Neils and, and he belongs there. Uh, but David Whippen is one of those characters. And, and I, I don't want to speak for anyone in Ontario or, or who were fans of his. I think he had a lot of fans, mm -hmm. but certainly in my generation, I'd never heard tell of him. And, uh, the, the Coast to Coast Fever album, pretty close to perfect as far as the singer-songwriter goes. It's a, it's a pretty amazing album. And so that's fantastic. I'm looking forward to this. So this is a David Whiffen song that Rick Mercer asked us to play. And um, <clears throat> it's a song called Coast to Coast Fever. Um, it goes just like this. Two, three. <laughs> He started to try some things been on his mind Living the life of a man on the go And having a real good time She came along with not much to show But he used to think she was fine Before she left, the money was spent On a good times, whiskey and wine Now it's a bar, a stool The taste of fame has turned the tide He's got a coast to coast fever A highway on his mind 
pass alone at last He decided to hit the road With his mind on fire and a heart full of ashes He carried his heavy load He played his tunes for empty rooms Right on down the line But before he went The money got spent on a good time Whiskey and wine Bar stools and blankers Couldn't sleep yet anyways Low inside the taste of fame Has turned the tide He's got a coast to coast fever A highway on his mind Ship came in, he was tired and thin, and he didn't know what lay in store. The people came around and the rooms were filled, they were busting through the door. He drew the crowds and they cheered so loud, well it made him feel so fine. Before they went, the money got spent on the good times, whiskey and wine. Now it's a bar, stool and blinkers. Taste of fame has turned the tide He's got a coast to coast fever A highway on his mind Sits alone like there's no one home Staring at the door The bottle keeps him company and he what he stays here for Is when he drew the crowds And the cheered so loud it Made him feel so fine But before he went The money got spent On good times, whiskey and wine Now it's a bar Stool and blinkers Couldn't sleep yet anyway It's low inside The taste of fame Has turned the tide He's got a coast to coast fever The highway on his Mistakes were mine. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, we're doing the weekly. Uh, weekly. Once again, thanks for spending another Wednesday with us here at Storyhouse Studios. Thanks to Trainer, Yorkville, and the Long Tooth Beverage Company for being a part of the show. We love our time on the Whiskey Wednesday show and appreciate all of your support. Don't forget to hit up the tip jar if you feel so inclined. Never expected, but always appreciated. Tune in every week for more guests, songs, stories, drinks, and gear talk. And don't forget to visit the website, www.kentizzard.com, to sign up for the Whiskey Wednesday wrap-up. Compiled by Allison, this is a monthly overview with highlights, directories of songs, and so much more. Be kind, be helpful, be happy, be safe. See you next week. Jim Beam Canoe